Good morning. How is everybody today? Am I too loud for you? All right, all right. So uh, we are in part, everybody say it with me, 23. We're in part 23 of an amazing series. We've been going through the Gospel of John together, and we have three more after Sunday to do, so don't miss any of them. If you've missed any of them, go online. You can go to our YouTube channel. They're there. You can go on Spotify. They're there. You can go on the Apple Podcast app. They're there. You don't have to, have, you don't have to pay for Spotify to listen to the podcast. Um, so if you, you can download the free version of Spotify if you don't have an Apple. Um, you guys all look good today. Listen, you got up an hour earlier on Sunday. Can you just give yourself, like, look at you. Wow. Like, I'm really proud of you. I was expecting half the church, and people have excuse. Well, I didn't know. My, my clock didn't change. Listen, it does it for you now. You have no excuses ex- unless you're Mr. Davis Ellis, and he was here on time putting out stuff in the chairs early. So can we give up for Davis? <laughs> Woo! Have you ever been lost before or went down the wrong road? Man, when I was in grade 10, that's 10th grade to you, I was a lost soul. In 10th grade, I missed 40 days of school. And I just didn't show up. My brother and I were like best buddies, and we would just skip school. In New Brunswick, that's called, we jigged. We were jigging. Anybody call that here? In Ontario, did they call it jigging? No. Skipping? Oh, that's, that's lame. Okay. Um, jigging sounds way better. So we jigged school a lot. Just kidding. Skipping's fine. Um, we skipped school a lot, and I have nothing to show for the 40 days that we skipped, except for one. Well, I've got a couple stories, but I'm only going to tell you one today. I've got one interesting story to tell you. And my brother and I decided, well, we're going to leave school maybe at 10 o'clock. All right, let's meet here, and we're going to leave. And there was like 2,900 students in our school, so two people leaving, they're not going to notice, all right? So we leave school, and we're walking down the street. Our city was built where, um, where there's this giant hill that goes up to the top, and part of our city is on a hill, and then it goes about 600 feet down over, and then there's this beautiful river valley, okay? So the high school is up here, and we want to get going down here. So we're walking down the road, and my uncle rolls up in his 1996 Ford van. And you know what was cool about my uncle showing up? He was a jigger, too. He... This guy jigged school. He got a, that's what we're calling it. Okay, well, it's case skipping. It's much nicer, I guess. He was one of those people who would skip school as well. And when he saw us, he wasn't like, why aren't you guys in school? He's like, hey, guys, hop in the van. <laughs> so guess what? We jumped in the van. 
And we're like, yes, we got our uncle on our side. We're going to go have fun. He's going to take us where we need to go. A few minutes later, my brother and I start getting nervous. We're getting a lot closer. Hello? Thank you. Thank you, Liam. So we're getting a little bit nervous. We're getting closer to where my stepmother works. Come to find out, he, he rolls up in front of my stepmother's work. And he's like, I'll be right back, guys. We're like, what's happening? The window's there. If we get out, so we got low. We got really low in the van. And so my uncle goes and gets Heidi, who's my, who is my stepmom. She passed away on Christmas 10 years ago, which is crazy. Brings her out and says, Heidi, what do you think of my minivan? She's like, great, Gary. You've had this thing for like 10 years. It's really nice. Thanks for showing me. He's like, what about the wheels? What about the windows? What do you think of all of this? Meanwhile, my brother and I are on. We hit the deck. We're on the floor because we just skipped school. Guess what? She never saw us. And we enjoyed our day off that day. Have you ever been lost and it was, you're like, oh, well, this, is, this is fun. Nobody found out. I think a lot of us might be in a situation like that. Or we know somebody. Or we were that person one time. Let's look and see what the Bible says about us. Okay, look at this. John 14, 6 through 7. This is going to be part of our text today. Can we stand for the reading of the word? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. For now on, you do know him and have seen him. Can we pray? Lord, thank you today for your word. I pray that you would speak to us through it. I pray that we would hear it and we would be changed by it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. So I think when we read the Bible, we definitely need to know the context behind what Jesus says, right? A lot of times in church, we memorize this scripture and this scripture, and we love it, and we're going to like, oh, I love that one, and this is what this means. But don't we need to understand why Jesus said it? Right? So we're going to go back a little bit to last week, and I encourage you, please read the book of John this month. You will learn so much more than just on Sundays by reading the book of John. Don't go too fast. Just read. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you through it. So Jesus and his disciples are at the Last Supper, right? Jesus had just washed the feet of the disciples, teaching them all sorts of things. And we talked a little bit about that last week. And he's at this table. And here, the chapter before, he says this in John 13, 33. says, my children, I will be with you only a little longer. All right, so he's got the attention of, of the disciples. Listen, I'll be with you only a little bit longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews... 
So I'll tell you now where I'm going, you cannot come. They're like, wait a second. We've been with you for three years, and now you're going, and we're not allowed to go with you? A couple verses later, verse 36, Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus said, replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. He's giving them some hope. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, look at this. Will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, which means before dawn or at dawn, you will disown me not once, not twice. You will disown me three times. Really, Peter? They're shocked. And you know what? We, we kind of skip through these things a lot of times when we're reading them, but what do you think that the disciples felt at that very moment? And Peter, sad. Wait, we were just on mission. We did all these. We saw him feed the 5,000. We saw him heal blind eyes. We saw him raise Lazarus from the dead. And now he's going and we can't go with him yet. And Peter, the loud disciple, maybe, is going to disown Jesus three times before dawn. Jesus hears their worry and sees their fear. And he has... Maybe more than a four-part response, but I'm going to give you a four-part response that he has for them in John 14. You know what? Jesus doesn't always give us all the details. Have you noticed that in Scripture? You're like, but what about this? But right here, he's going to give us a lot of information that's going to be vital to our walk as Christ followers. It's going to be vital to the disciples who are hearing it in that very moment. Remember, they just did the Last Supper. They're there. And these are some of Jesus' famous last words. Look at this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you four parts. So if you want to write it down today, you'll be able to take this home. You'll be able to preach this sermon to your friends this week. Can we do that? All right. Number one, the plan. Everybody say the plan. Don't you like to know the plan? My brother and I, when we left school that day, guess what? We had no plan. Because we were in grade 10, and we were jigging school. We were skipping school. But Jesus always has a plan. John 14, 1 to 2, look at this. Do not, remember, remember the disciples, what's going on? We don't, we don't know what's happening. Jesus is saying he's going away. Look what he says. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? 
What is Jesus doing? The plan. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Not, this, not just the disciples. Jesus was going to prepare a place, and he still is because he's not back yet, for you. Church, are we awake today? He's preparing a place for you. Come on, somebody. Don't worry, I have a plan. Now, when Jesus says it, we listen, right? When the government says, don't worry, I have a plan, we don't usually listen. Like, yeah, we've heard this one before. Don't worry, we're worrying. And he gives them two commandments right here. Believe, you believe in God, believe in me. Put your trust in the plan. Put your trust in me. I feel like we're all walking around trying to figure out the plan. I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm fearful. Christ followers, Jesus has a plan. You no longer have to worry and fear about the plan because he's already given you the plan. Amen? Yeah, but I don't know. Then he says, trust me. Trust me. You know that Christ is the only one you can really trust, right? Everybody else will fail you. Christ will never fail you. I am going to prepare a place for you. It has many rooms. It doesn't just have 144,000 rooms. It has many rooms. You know why he doesn't give a number? Because everybody can be part of the plan. I don't know about you, but I want to be part of the plan. Amen? I want to be in one of those rooms. The plan. Everybody say the plan. And then we've got number two, the promise. Everybody say the promise. Oh, we've got a promise, right? Maybe you've had people promise you things. My brother that day, I'm sure, when we were walking down the hill, oh, I promise you, this is going to be a great day. We skipped school for a good day. I don't know about that. I don't remember what we did. We wasted our time, and I had to go to home, uh, summer school. <laughs> Anybody ever been to summer school? There are the weirdest people at summer school. I'm like, where did, I don't remember that kid being in my class. He's like seven, he's like 72. He should have been out of school a while ago. I don't remember that teacher. She's weird. Any teachers do summer school? See, we have a lot of teachers at our church. They're not weird. They don't do summer school. The promise. Everybody say the promise. Verse Look at this. We're just going in order. That's all we're doing. We're not, we're not making all this. Look, it says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, right? He's got the plan. I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. I consider this scripture a promise. Jesus didn't say, hey, listen, if the rooms are ready to go, if they're good, if we've got everything in order, you know, rooms to go, that store, if they're ready, then I'll probably come back. 
No, no, no. He says, I will come back and take you to be where I am. Don't you love the promises of God? He doesn't say maybe or, eh, or if we're in the south, I might could. I always loved that term when I moved here. I might could be able to. I'm like, I need to add that to my vocabulary. That's so awesome. That sounds way better than I might be able to. I will go, I will come back and take you to be with me and so that you will be where I am. He's saying, trust me. Is there anything you can do for God to fulfill this promise? There's not one thing you can do. Like, well, if I give more at church, then it'll speed his coming. Does anybody know from Scripture what will speed his coming? Now it's a test. You're like, oh, I got to talk? I thought he was preaching. <laughs> what? The gospel would be preached throughout the earth. So guess what we should be doing to speed his coming? Preaching the gospel throughout the earth and in frostproof too. Amen? Amen. Trust me, I'm coming back. I'm going to take you to be where I'm at. For the disciples' whole life, guess what they've been hearing about? The Messiah coming. They've been hearing it from the day they could understand. The Messiah is coming, and now guess what? The Messiah is with them, and they go do all these amazing ministry opportunities, right? And then Jesus says, hey, I'm going away. Wait a second, this isn't part of the plan. We've got to take over the Romans and stuff. That wasn't what Christ's intent was. He came to not be king at that time of Israel. He became, came to be what? King of our, our heart. If I prepare a place for you, wouldn't I come back to take you to where I am? You know, there's 8,810 promises in Scripture, or so I read online. <laughs> That's pretty close, okay? And here are just a couple of them that God gives us, says, I promise I will give strength to the weary. He gives you rest. His love never fails. The Lord will fight for you. The Bible says you need only to be what? Still. God gives wisdom to those who ask. You know, when I was 14 years old, I started in my daily prayer asking God for wisdom because I skipped school 40 times in grade 10. No, but seriously, I started asking God, please give me wisdom. And you know what God gave me? Wisdom. God will give you what you ask in his name according to his purposes. Pray for wisdom. He will give it to you. The devil will flee from you when you ask God. He will forgive us. He will never forsake you. He will meet your needs. And guess what? The promise we're talking about today, he is coming back. Bless you. That was my kid. 
So we've got the plan. We've got the what? Church. It's just, there's only just two P words, okay? We've got the plan. We've got the Praise the Lord. All right, I'm going to change it up on you. Number three, the map. Everybody say the map. Aren't you glad that we got a map too? Have you ever messed with, remember back before like the GPS on your phone, you had to print out all of the stuff? Like, I remember I drove, when I was 18 years old, I drove from New Brunswick, Canada, Nouveau Brunswick, okay, Canadien, down I-95 to a place called Florida. We printed out like 10 pages of stuff from what we used to call MapQuest. I'm like, don't I just go down 95? No, you don't. Before that, when I was a kid, we used to drive around and we had this book, the Atlas. And I have a theory, everybody. My kids, like these kids, like, all right, Brett and Under, they don't know where stuff is. All we had to do when we, listen, Brett, all we did when we were kids, when we drove on, we didn't have an iPhone or movies to watch. We studied the Atlas. I know where all the 50 states are. I could drive there right now because I've memorized the Atlas. And now you're like, Kentucky? I don't know where Kentucky is. Is that over by Alaska? But guess what? All you got to do is like, hey, Siri, take me to Frostbite after church today. <laughs> that sounds difficult, doesn't it? Figuring out where to go and the map quests and Atlas and even the iPhone sometimes, it takes you the wrong way. But guess what? We have a map. Jesus gave us the map. Do you want to hear about the map? John 14, 5 to 7. Thomas said to him, leave it to Thomas, the doubter. He's like, okay, here we go. Jesus said he's coming back. Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the map. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. For now on, you do know him and have seen him because he is one with the Father. Amen? So we've got the map. Jesus is the map. I feel like in our culture we're... We think like, oh, this should be harder. The road to Jesus, like, just, it should be harder. Someone with a PhD should kind of help us understand this gospel. The good news is for everybody. If a five-year-old kid in Canada at a Baptist school can learn about Jesus... Anybody can. Amen? He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He is the map. He's the road map. 
get close to Jesus, he will show you the way. And next week, we're going to tell you what he's going to give you to help it make it just a world of difference, the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because a few verses later, he's like, hey, hey, I'm not going to leave you empty-handed. I'm physically going, but guess what? I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to preach next week's sermon, so you got to come back for that one. Okay? Amen. All right, we have the map. I, I just went off the notes. Is that okay? Number four. Everybody say four. This is the last one. We've got the map, and we have another M word, the mandate. Everybody say mandate. Don't you love that Jesus doesn't let us just get off scot-free? That he gives us a little bit of something. He's like, hey, it's time to, time to have some action. Look at this. Notice the first three are a little bit different than the last one. We had the plan, the promise, the map. All things that Jesus gave and told his disciples. Look at the last one. Verse 12. Need water. Very truly I tell you, whatever whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Listen, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. People are like, why do you pray in Jesus' name? Because Jesus asked us to pray in his name. I don't think saying in his name is almost good enough. In Jesus' name is how we pray. Because his name is powerful. Amen? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. If you are a believer. The mandate. The directive. The instruction. The call to action today is this is to believe, to trust, to take on the mandate that God has given you and me. And what is that? To go and walk in the power of Christ. I feel like this is something that the church in America hasn't done for a long time. Right? We just kind of throw money at stuff in America. We just kind of throw people at, oh, we'll just fix it ourselves. And I I love doctors. We we do the doctor thing, they're awesome. But we just we do the medicine thing first. We do the doctor thing first. What if we prayed first? What if we focused on God first? 
What if we said, I cannot fix this problem, but I know who can? Come on, church. I know who can do it. I know who can heal a little boy who they said was going to die. Jesus can. I know who can heal my father-in-law who they said he was going to die. He's sitting right back there. God can. Amen? I know who can heal Davis Ellis of cancer how many times? Three times. God can. Amen? So what if before we did anything, we called on the name of the Lord? Finances? Oh, I'll just, I'll just pull out my credit card. If you don't need it that day, what if you prayed, God, if I need this, God, would you provide it? If I don't need it, would you help me know that? Amen? The mandate, our mandate is to trust in God and to believe that he will do what he said he's going to do. He is saying, ask away. Ask in my name. I think we need to learn a little bit about this because people are like, well, I'm just going to ask for a mansion. Woo! I need those new Jordans. Yeah! I could really use a Tesla. I'd rather have an F-150. Those are great. All those things are fine. However... He says, what does he say here? Look at this. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Are you asking what glorifies God? Lord, that nasty person on the highway, I hope they listen. That's not how, that's not things we ask God about. There are things that glorify the Father in the Son. Amen? Are you with me? They need to reflect Jesus' character and be consistent with his desires and consistent with the Word of God and consistent with his purpose. Two, demonstrate faith in him and his authority. Three, reveal a sincere desire to honor both the Father and the Son and not to honor myself. The mandate. Ask anything and he will do it. You have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in you. Can we stand before we go today? Can I challenge you as a church today? A call to action that you are the church. And when you lay your hands on someone, they can be healed. When you pray for a marriage,
that marriage can come back together. When you pray for a physical need, a spiritual need, a, an emotional need, a financial need, God can meet the need. And it glorifies him and not me. It glorifies him and not you. We've got the plan, right? We've got the promise. We have the map. I'm the way. Will we accept the mandate? Will we receive the mandate today, the assignment? We've been trying to do all of this on our own. And Jesus is saying, listen, before I come back, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You're going to share the gospel. You ask anything in my name and it will be done. And then I'll return. So church, what do we do until Jesus comes back? We accept the mandate.